Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host Brian Wilder and we are recording in Orlando, Florida, the Evoke Advertising Studios. And on today's episode, we're going to have Vince Ramos, our SEM manager, and Kelsey Shalou, I guess. She's our intern and resident at this point. And Sam Hunter, our new copywriting intern. And we're going to talk about a couple of things, uh, mainly Amazon and Whole Foods merger uh, and what that means for advertising in the future, as well as cross-platform uh, advertising and just the, the, the kind of amalgam between technology and humanity and, and how advertisers and marketers can kind of navigate this new but not so new e-commerce landscape. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about Amazon and its merger with Whole Foods or really Amazon's kind of like consumption of Whole Foods um, and kind of what that means for everybody, like from advertisers and marketers to consumers. Um, so kind of just kick it off. What kind of challenges do you think advertisers are going to face now that people have a new way of doing something that they've been they've been doing for oh, well over a century now, just grocery shopping, getting up, going, putting on shoes, going to the store and doing that traditional grocery shopping. Like what's 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 going to be the new challenge for us? Like what do we have to do now? Before going into that, should we cruise over anything that as far as what the merge is and how that would affect the grocery shoppers sure. like the you want to give people a primer we're supposed to be professionals we're supposed to know this going in that's true well but i we know but maybe people <laughs> at home don't um, absolutely yeah kick it so, off so kind of what this is meaning for the consumer and how advertisers are going to have to pitch a new way of getting them to do something is this merge mm-hmm. is essentially saying um, okay, you can do your grocery shopping at home, which a lot of other companies have uh, kind of made their way to doing this online grocery shopping, but a lot of consumers don't feel comfortable buying eggs online or produce or meat, bread, stuff that you kind of want to give that quality hands-on check. Mm-hmm. So this Amazon Whole Foods merge is important to consumers because consumers now can sit at home and buy cereal and buy beans and buy those things that they can trust um, from home and then go to the Amazon store. Amazon will have lockers, um, pick up their stuff that they purchased online, and then go and do the hands-on check of eggs, of milk, of bread, um, and kind of do a one-stop shop all in one place while they get things that they want from home from the store so um, how do we yeah how do we get people to do something um, that's been it's weird because it's almost like how do we get people to do something that they've already been doing but a, a little bit less of <laughs> yes yeah, like do less in a completely different way um, something that I thought of when thinking of this is mm-hmm. uber and Airbnb had similar challenges and um, listening to the way that Airbnb kind of got people to go online and say, yeah, go stay with a person that you've never met a couple cities over and stay in their home. Um, they don't even have to be there to do so. They had to design for trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and same with Uber. Like, they had a design for trust. If you told someone 20 years ago that the, a car was just going to pull up and you're going to get into the passenger seat of a stranger's car, yeah. they probably wouldn't have done so. Mm-hmm. So is it is it a trust issue now that, that that's at hand? Or? Because grocery shopping and 
we all have our favorite grocery stores, and mm-hmm. so we, there's already a trust that's been built, whether it's with mm-hmm. Whole Foods or not, because I'm pretty sure this trend is going to start trickling over to other mm-hmm. grocery yeah. stores. Yeah. So yeah. what's the issue, really? I think it's, like, behavior. You have to change the behavior of getting, like, of buying stuff online if you're trying to, like, buy something cheaper at a wholesale rate. Um, instead of just doing your like zigzags in a grocery store, mm. um, so I th- see. I think for me, I, I like the people interaction. Mm. Like, okay, I, I do. I I like the brick and mortar stores. I you know living in New York for a little while, mm-hmm. um, I didn't get that the public's feel of everyone <laughs> you know being your best friend and treating you so. Hey nice. y'all. Shopping is a pleasure. Shopping is a pleasure. It truly is. It wasn't until I moved back until like I actually got to experience that. So. Now that I'm back, I really enjoy like going to the grocery store and the people interaction for sure. Are you turned off to the idea of buying stuff online while you're like maybe watching a movie or you know doing something in the background and then going to the store and just picking something up and not getting that whole uh, experience? I guess it depends what it is. I, I, I think I'm still a little weary on mm. some goods as far as meats and mm-hmm. you know produce, but if it's if it's paper towels Mm -hmm. or you know napkins or plates or something like that then i think i'm okay with Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think i got caught up in the rapture of the the prospect of having a drone delivered you know bagel (laughs) bites to my front door um and I, I, I guess I'm the opposite because I, I grew up in a lot of the, 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 especially in the South, a lot of the the Bilos and the Piggly Wigglies and the the, the Publixes. A lot of people don't even know about Bilo and Piggly Wiggly, but no. I'll be that'll be no, a no idea. See, like see, 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 that was all gibberish to you guys. But that'll be a different episode for a different time. Um, but yeah, definitely that like that human interaction that mm-hmm. comes with grocery shopping in person I absolutely despise (laughs) (laughs) so you're down for the drone delivery yeah 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 I'm totally down to be able to like pick and choose exactly what I want from what brands that I want still be able to take advantage of a lot of the uh, Mm -hmm. coupons and Mm -hmm. weekly specials but cut out that middleman cut out that having to do the, the, the back and forth shuffle to make sure you can get through the, the, the aisle in front of somebody else and somebody's inevitably going to have their cart just sitting in the middle and you're just like, oh my God, please move. What are you doing? I need, I need to get to the eggs. There's somebody in front of you who's just like reading every label that they can. Oh, that, that, that's giving me hives as I talk about it. So, I don't know. I enjoy that though. I enjoy <laughs> you the, enjoy the hives? I enjoy seeing what, what's on sale, yeah. seeing what products I may not have recognized online or otherwise, mm-hmm. um, if they're, you know, at, at the end of an aisle or if they're featured somewhere else. Um, For sure. You know, I don't, I don't know how I would, you know, perceive that if I saw it online. Mm. That's fair. I personally, I'm a big meal prepper. I like to know exactly what I'm going to get when I go to this store. I plan out the entire week ahead of time for calories and macros and whatever. And so I'm more on your side that if I can just go on Amazon and cut out the human interaction and not have a crying baby on this side while I'm trying to Mm -hmm. decide what the nutritional value of this can of beans is, I 100% would Mm -hmm. rather just get it online because I know exactly what I'm going to get day one. Yeah, I guess guess one of my issues is also... I go with a list, but then I steal off <laughs> too often. I come back with <laughs> twice as much as I plan yeah. on getting. Yeah, so yeah. it might help kind of keep me in check. <laughs> so then maybe advertisers will have to talk to one crowd that will be really easy to say, yo, this is finally here. Mm. This is going to be time-saving or convenient. You can, uh, like, I can like see the ads now of, like, 
um, go online and skip the lines and mm-hmm. just have like babies crying in the <laughs> Wait, picture. So or you're saying advertisers are actually going to have to segment their audiences? <laughs> oh that's crazy. Oh no way. <laughs> but to two, to one that's going to be super easy to yeah. like just kind of, what one side is going to be to people who've been waiting this for like waiting for this that's forever, already sold to. that are already sold to, but yeah. just saying, hey, it's here finally. Mm-hmm. And then one side is going to have to kind of. You know, here are some pros and cons. Maybe there will be ways that um, you can surface all of the different sales or here's what's new in the store and mm-hmm. your home page will literally look like maybe aisles of a grocery store. Right. Um, that's kind of cool as far as web design goes, but... Um, yeah, retargeting for you know mm-hmm. the, the audience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they've clicked on something or in that category multiple times, like they can show ads based on that. Yeah, and, and they'll probably the computer will start to understand what right. kind of shopper you are, what you're interested in, so they don't even say like new this week for you. Exactly. And yeah. have you know like a side cart that. Right. Yeah. Think we're on to something. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take it that conversation offline. <laughs> That's all proprietary trademark trademark. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that 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 answers a couple of really good questions about what we can do in our industry to kind of like counteract. Well, not counteract it, but kind of like adapt to that change. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a cool point that kind of ties with this, but I'm going to hit it later. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Fine, we'll jump to the next topic. Um, In regards to millennials and Generation Z, they're becoming increasingly less brand loyal, especially when it comes to food. Um, How will advertisers brace for this impact with the current trends and future generations to come? Now, see, I I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm millennial advertising, I'm burned out. Like, I, I really don't know what else. And, I'm, and I am a millennial, and I'm tired of advertising to myself or taking, like, a weird stab at what I think would be interesting mm-hmm. across different industries. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I might have to sit this one out because I'm not sure. Because even I, as an aging millennial, um, I never really considered myself brand loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never, like... I never bought things because, oh, my mom used Tide, mm-hmm. or, you know, my dad wore Dockers. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, it, it was more so because just out of sheer necessity. Like, yeah. what could I afford? Exactly. Like, I, I had no problem getting the generic brand, getting the store brand, because that was the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was readily available. Right. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I really don't know if there's any kind of impact that we necessarily have to brace for i i've been told that i am the start of gen z okay yo so yes yes give us your secrets i was born in hold your breath 1998 oh wow this 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 episode's (laughs) over we're done (laughs) done exactly we're done um so i've been told that i am year one i'm patient zero um (laughs) so there was a brief period of virality for this company called Brandless. I don't know if you guys are familiar. It's a new um, online-only format, and they have no brands, but everything is $3. Mm-hmm. And so it's quantities of, and it's all organic. Mm-hmm. It's all our favorite Gen Z, millennials' mm-hmm. favorite thing. It's all mm-hmm. organic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like quinoa, it's jam, it's bread, it's various things that you get all for a set quantity. It's usually not a cheaper price than you get at Walmart or Publix or anywhere in between when you break it down, but it's Brandless. And it went crazy online because huh. we're, it was this realization of, oh, we don't need to buy the brand. We can tell this company that we just want whatever this food is. It's super easy and you don't have to sell us on it. You have to don't have to sell us on this brand versus that brand. You just have to give us organic quinoa for $3. <laughs> um, so I think that 
how advertisers will brace that is just, I mean, obviously, if you're running a brand, you can't let go of the brand, but mm-hmm. just enforcing that if you are the cheapest or you are the best or the most organic and not necessarily like, this is what your mom used to buy, mm-hmm. Generation Z as patient A, patient zero, we just, we want the cheapest, we want the best, we want the most accessible. So pushing that instead of the so, history of it. So then, then, so now there's a juxtaposition. So you want you want the cheapest and the best at the same time. You want whatever your I guess yes, ideally, <laughs> ideally we okay, would all okay. want the cheapest and the best. Okay, but I mean that's universal, right? We'd all want the cheapest and the best. Mm-hmm. But brandless pushes the cheapest sometimes and the most convenient foremost. Okay, and so finding what your niche is. Um, not necessarily the uh, the eons and eons and generations of mm-hmm. uh, brand value, but finding your niche as the cheapest, best, or thank God maybe you're in the center of that Venn diagram mm-hmm. um, is what would appeal to Generation Z more as what I've seen with the rise of Brandless. Okay. Have you purchased anything off Brandless? I have not purchased anything off Brandless because I'm still married to just buying my quinoa off of Amazon.com and getting eight pounds of it shipped to me at a time. <laughs> so <laughs> I also meal prepping, I buy in bulk. So okay. personally, that's not for me, but I yeah. have definitely considered it. When I was told it existed, I immediately like bookmarked the website mm-hmm. and looked to see if they have new products. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess it's more so an idea of and I guess this is more age-old than anything, just the idea of establishing value. Um, And I think that transcends generations. Like being able to be a brand or not be a brand, Mm -hmm. but still be able to convey a sense of value, whether that's a mixture of price versus quality, sustainability versus price, and like being able to take those building blocks and create something that appeals to the masses. Right. Mm -hmm. I think for the brands that are well-known, it's, uh, you know, letting the audience know why they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Like I tend to do a lot of research before I buy something. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of separating yourself on why you've been this great for so long. Mm. I think, yeah, as far like pushing, so like Oreos or mm-hmm. someone else who kind of runs that one type mm-hmm. of food. Um, I like the idea of uh, them kind of taking a stance on this is why we've been around. Right. This is why we're the only household name in this. Um, and even focusing maybe their packaging, their um, future campaigns to be focused on those type of things that millennials um, or the rising Gen Z are interested in. That's you know how their production um, affects the environment, uh, their organics, you know, all the mm-hmm. stuff that we're talking about. So them pushing that message yeah. themselves. So is that what Gen Z cares about? Sorry, I'm going to be no, like please, super. I'm going to interrogate. So is that because that used to be that was or it still is the thing that advertisers tend to push a lot to millennials that mm-hmm. idea of sustainability and 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 social justice behind our products and, mm-hmm. and our brands like is that something that still that resonates with the younger generation I would say 100% I'm going to give the massive disclaimer that as a college student as well mm-hmm. we're also looking at barn on the cheapest and mm-hmm. we also love to go to the Walmart new neighborhood market and mm-hmm. just get whatever's cheapest yeah um, past that uh, there's definitely a big emphasis on, sus- I mean, seeing sustainability in the product, seeing a dedication to the cause that they're vouching for, most of the time it being sustainability, mm-hmm. um, past just saying we're just sustainable. Um, kind of a little bit, the analogy that comes to mind is how much millennials love and Gen Z loves Target, 
Okay. Um, because they put out things for Pride Month in June, and they have a new whole like Pride line of clothing. Mm-hmm. And then they also adjust their store policies and their employee policies to reflect mm-hmm. that. Whereas when a brand like Adidas comes out with a Pride line but doesn't have any news making. They don't explain the narrative. They don't explain the narrative. Gotcha. Um, Or the narrative don't get put into action. They're kind of saying this front face of the consumer, but it's not actually being backed by any efforts. So we definitely, we value sustainability, but if you don't have the substance behind your love of sustainability, then we don't care as much. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense. So yeah. <laughs> 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 hmm. Oh, hmm. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I think that's that's a nice, healthy conversation about that. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next topic, uh, the future of advertising. Okay. <sighs> it promises keeping up with latest technologies. I guess that means you know we'll move from more uh, more away from how something looks to how something feels. Mm-hmm. Like in regards to VR headsets, they're common. Um, and advertisers are going to be able to take consumers on virtual experiences of product, service, or destination. Um, Disney does it. They won't just show, they won't just show you a new ride on TV, but they you can take it on a virtual simulation and ride from your couch. So what? How is new technology going to be incorporated into the? I wouldn't. I, I don't want to limit it to just a shopping experience, but just the the the, the consumer experience mm-hmm. in general. So this was kind of what I was thinking about when we were talking about topic one. Mm-hmm. So, Vince, if you like grocery shopping because you like the human experience, like what if we're talking about future stuff? What if you could? put on like your VR headset in your room and it could also, and you could go to like, you could pick what store is like your favorite to shop at. Do you, Publix? Publix. Publix, okay. So you could like tag in that you, it knows your location, knows everything. I don't really know how VR exactly works, but. Um, So imagine this virtual reality of Publix that had um, almost like a Google Maps feel to it. Like it was mapping the exact store. And somehow like through the VR you could like other people that were also using it that were also shopping Mm -hmm. in a virtual reality were there so you could be waiting in um, a checkout line and there could be a person behind you and like I don't know share conversation or do something that bites still from your home Um, and as far as shopping goes like I feel like you could probably just like find an item and tag it to like a virtual grocery cart and then when you check, like, I don't That's super cool. <laughs> it's super scary to me. <laughs> Freaks me out a little bit, to be honest. Um, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. So it's, uh, for me, it's exactly, I don't know how the virtual reality mm-hmm. world works. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not there <laughs> and there's people around me that aren't there either, but are there? But in a are there? <laughs> yeah. That's like a, that's happening though. That's a thing. Facebook even has like VR chats, chat rooms where if my friends aren't in Orlando and they're around the country, like we can join this virtual reality chat room um, and like sit and watch a movie and not actually all be there. So be there. So I wonder if that will ever move into a consumer. Um, place where people can go shopping but oh, not really man. shopping this is like that episode of futurama where fry and bender <laughs> use like they create avatars and they go into the internet this is oh. simpsons episode as well that's what i, <laughs> yes. that's what I was yes. thinking about yes. she plugs herself into the computer in the usb port and she just 
exactly so that's it, it almost sounds like that like being there but not actually being it's there it's like a dystopian future in the grocery store yeah. and you're yeah. all just like USB that's, ported yeah. in just being virtually annoyed by that slow buggy in front of me <laughs> sounds like my personal but hell. you could probably walk through them at that point mm -hmm. you could probably just, just like zip 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 around the grocery store um, so what's the implication then like what where's the value add and where's that going to lead to? Yeah. Is that going to lead to just total seclusion? Uh-huh. Just I mean, everybody just plugged seclusion. into the matrix? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, we're, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, it's, I think it's cool. And I think VR has this, VR technology has this stigma anyway, and has had it for the past few years. A lot of people keep, are looking at it, trying to figure out what it means, what it could do, how it could make us more money, but no one actually knows how to implement yeah. it without destroying <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, the, feel, the human fiber. I can see it, you know, benefiting if you're, if you want to travel somewhere and you go to a travel agent and mm -hmm. you can't decide where to go and they're like, put this headset on, mm -hmm. like this is where, what this looks like, this looks like, this For looks sure. like, it's like, well, maybe I can decide. But I mean, simple human interactions right. like going to a grocery store, it might be a little overkill. Yeah. Might be. But you know, to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't really call it because that, 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 that freaks me out. That freaks me out. <laughs> like, just me sitting in my, my, my yeah. living room with my headset. Just looks like <laughs> reaching at these virtual shelves. Oh, man. Um, do you remember going to the movie theaters and um, getting, you'd be like, before you went to the movie theaters, you would get like um, a snack scratch and sniff card from like a like a no okay give the eyes no maybe I, you i remember like are you sure this was a movie yeah. thing? <laughs> i remember going to see um oh uh like liza thornberry movie like mm -hmm. when i was a kid and i w went to like a gas station got like a slurpee mm -hmm. and on the slurpee was a scratch and sniff card and during the movie a number would come up at the bottom of the corner like scratch number one and while they were driving through like the jungle or something you would scratch it and it would smell like the forest or if they were baking an apple pie, it'd be like scratch number two, and you'd scratch number two, and it would smell like an apple pie, kind of like a Disney I ride. I do actually remember I've that. I've never I'm thinking huh. of that. Yeah. No. I have a couple yeah, memories. Saw it, Definitely remember Liza Thornberry. So I wonder if VR, um, or as far as tying advertising, where you're not trying to uh, show something, but how something feels, if that would ever kind of come into the home of, um, like through VR, I don't think VR can, you know, give you sense but maybe um, but if you're advertising for um, a new product and you wanted to see how it would mm -hmm. um, feel like you could virtually put it on mm -hmm. in you know your VR or you could virtually use a tool um, in the VR world but something where it's coming into your home that the consumer doesn't have to abide by but if we're having a, um, a commercial and it says like you know gives you a code try on with your VR and you can do so and you can actually like interact with the product um, I think that's kind of where this topic is at least moving forward to and maybe we yeah. don't have the answer and that only comes through when people do understand how to use VR mm. without like destruction of the human race <laughs> 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 well maybe not that grave but um, yeah I think there's 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 room for it I think we're I just think we're too far down the road to even like consider that that level of integration especially in the home because that's a big assumption to make that people that enough people are just going to have their VR headsets handy when that commercial plays, mm -hmm. especially given the, the fact that we have the technology to skip most commercials now. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. people will pay premium prices to never have to see an ad again. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I don't know. I really don't know about that one. We'll come back to it. <laughs> All right, so I was checking out uh, Adweek's uh, weekly Adweek chat talk, and they this week they were talking about pop-ups. Um, and pop-ups is with e-commerces are um, becoming more trendy. I see them in downtown Orlando. And so the question is, in such a digital world, and we've just been talking a bunch about a bunch of high-tech stuff, mm-hmm. what is the value of real-world marketing stunts like pop-ups um, and any kind of exclusive events that businesses or e-commerce uh, brands are hosting, um, and one that Adweek was highlighting was for a climbing gear company, and the pop-up was like a couple hundred feet up on a cliff as climbers were climbing this mountain face that they had a pop-up shop on oh, a cliff. Okay. So, oh, okay. Oh, so you're talking about like activations and stuff. Yeah, so, okay. and um, I'm trying to think, like even Orlando City, they'll do pop-ups in downtown Orlando mm-hmm. where they'll sell jerseys and um, there's no, it's like kind of like a day of, mm-hmm. uh, like, yo, we're going to set up a pop-up store, come hang out with us, see new gear and talk to us about what games you're going to be attending this season. So um, we're talking, we have been talking about a bunch of intangible um, uh, interaction through tech. So how do um, real world marketing stunts make a difference mm-hmm. um, to consumers or? So question, um, would food trucks be considered pop-ups? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think they were doing, they mentioned pop-ups. Okay. Um, week Chat mentioned uh, food trucks, uh-huh. but I feel like Food trucks is kind of different than Orlando City doing a pop-up store and a tent selling gear yeah. and stuff like that. I think it could work. I mean, if I saw like a Bob's Burgers food truck, mm-hmm. I would drop my entire mm-hmm. life. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, if I see a food truck, I may not be in the mood for it, but mm-hmm. if I'm driving by and it's on my way home, yeah. I may mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe it's the combination of something that's always been there like like the idea of food trucks but having like that marketing kind of integration with it like you said with bob if it was it wasn't just a burger truck it was a special bob's burgers yeah, truck for, for a like limited time or something that was you know maybe not of the norm like i don't think you could call a food truck a pop-up if it's there every tuesday mm-hmm. yeah, right at tasty tuesdays in the milk tr- district <laughs> Um, but if it was kind of this one-time thing so the question though is what's the value of it versus um like an intangible high-tech human like that we were missing out on with you know i don't know i mean i i think i'm always a firm believer in the idea of the tangible and how that plays a role in the human experience Mm -hmm. as much as i hate grocery store experiences (laughs) um i still am a big fan of human interaction Mm -hmm. um and i think for as much of our consumer experiences are that are digitized like being able to have those instances like the, the, the pop-up on the face of the mountain or the Bob's Burgers food truck, mm-hmm. to have those instances kind of like peppered in mm-hmm. kind of brings it back down to earth. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it, it's almost the equivalent of, of putting your phone down to have a, a meaningful dinner with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that once that dinner's over, you're going to pick your phone back up. Yeah. Like it's just a break. Yeah. Yeah, there's that old adage, um, they might forget what you say, but they'll never forget what you do, which mm. I think is mm-hmm. extremely relevant here. For sure. Um, I may forget a Bob's Burgers commercial that I see on TV, but I will never forget the food truck in downtown Orlando because mm-hmm. I saw it and lived it. So yeah. there's intrinsic value of it being a tangible thing because it's more memorable, I think. Yeah. So are there any instances that you guys can think of where that pop-up experience may back 
backfired mm. or could potentially backfire for a brand? Like, I can imagine you using a public restroom and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, a Charmin representative <laughs> comes out of the ceiling and is like, hey, uh, use this Charmin, uh, you get a free coupon for more Charmin, you know. So where do you draw the line? Like where, like where could a line in the sand be drawn as far as like an effective versus an ineffective pop-up or activation is concerned? Yeah, I think effective and line drawing is in a place where people are already being drawn to. Mm -hmm. um, so if it was like at a farmer's market or it was at um, even just like, um, I don't know, like some kind of public, public place where people are already passing that way during their day mm -hmm. and then one day say you walk to work and and one day you're walking and there's just this pop-up of whatever it might be um you're gonna be like hey what's that doing here that's yeah. not normally there and you're gonna be pulled over to it and want to enjoy it um or at least check it out talk about it with whoever when you get to work um so i think the like element of surprise or the element of not necessarily knowing that it's going to be there okay um so like the Sherman rep yeah, yeah but, like public place so you're saying that's a good thing, though, right? Yeah, I'm saying yeah. like if if it had, if there's an element of surprise, not in the bathroom, <laughs> it's that that would be positive. Yeah, that, that would have a cool effect. Totally agree. Um, my last company in uh, in New York, uh, there was all of a sudden a pop up coffee shop, hmm. like right in front of our building. No, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and um, I loved it. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> and, and so it. Yeah, because you didn't know how long it was gonna be there for. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's get it in while we can. That's the other thing is like, you want what you can't have. So it's like, oh, it's only here for like one day or one week. You're going to get it every yeah. single day. Exactly. And you're going to tell your friends like, yo, this is only here for, you know, yeah, however it was long really it is. Yeah, really good. And people were, you know, taking pictures of it mm -hmm. and, you know, tweeting about it and writing about it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Yeah. And to go back to the human experience, when you are hosting something like a pop-up or an exclusive event, you put a face to a brand, a face to a name. Mm -hmm. um, and even in a world of emerging tech, that human interaction um, will always transcend, I think, like a message, kind of like mm -hmm. what you were saying. Um, you always remember what someone does. So that face-to-face -face human experience, um, along with the element of surprise, I think is what and I, that a lot. I think another layer I want to add to that is the idea of exclusivity. Like there's this theory that I've always been playing around with called the, the, the velvet rope effect. It's basically the idea of people being inexplicably interested in something that they know people don't all have access to. So it's just that idea of, like at, when you're at a club or like an exclusive club or it's Miami or some other large city and you're walking past with no real interest in going to that club whatsoever, but you mm. see this line of people behind this yeah. this velvet rope and everybody's so beautiful and <laughs> the, the music is terrible, but you don't care because you're just like, I want to be part of that. You see big VIP on a door, you're like, I want to know yeah. what's behind that door, even though in normal life I would never be interested in mm. something like that. So I think that that's also another thing that plays into it because whenever I hear about a pop up, um, but my first thought is, why the hell wasn't I there when it happened? <laughs> like this handful of people got to experience this thing that I may never be able to experience. Because once you do it once, it's played out. Yeah. If you try to do it again, it's like like flash mobs. You guys remember flash mobs? I was just gonna say flash mobs. <laughs> yeah, like flash mobs. Exactly so it's, it's like that's that one and done. And so I think people are almost like subconsciously on the lookout for like mm. the next pop up because they never know what it's gonna be. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh. What's next? Um, all right, so this was also a story that I found um, tied into Adweek's chat, and I thought that it was 
super appropriate. One, because uh, it's talking about grocery store, and mm-hmm. two, because I think that this holds, this would have been a great story for when Brian and I talked about conscious advertising on our previous episode. Which was a fantastic episode. You should go listen to it when you get a chance, <laughs> but immediately following this one. So the premise of the story is that um, last week a supermarket in Germany removed all foreign products for a day to make a point about diversity. So they took away anything that wasn't produced in Germany and this left shelf spare and some aisles completely empty. And a lot of people took to Twitter and had really positive things to say, um, noting how bland even just a grocery store is without diversity. So um, they were making a really um, bold move because this was gonna do probably decrease sales for themselves, but kind of like what we talked about in uh, the conscious advertising episode is that it's transcending the sales to get people to think, maybe align their ethics and their morals more so with a kind of grocery store who will even make a bold move to do something like this than Mm -hmm. someone who would never do it. Um, So yeah, I guess just like, um, what are the general thoughts? If you you went into Publix and there was no, um, like, I don't know, like Asian hot sauces or, um, or just even like tortillas or, you know, anything ethic, would you, or, um, would you like be shell shocked? Would you leave and go to a different grocery store? Would you walk around and be like, what's this Vince just, Vince just, Frazzles like no tortillas. I would not stand for this. There's no rice in there. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd uh, it would be a shock. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know if it's kind of the same thing, but keep going back to when I moved to New York. We had this little grocery store, and I'm so used to buying. You know, I think we wanted to make tacos one night. So used to buying the you know the pre-made taco Mm -hmm. like kit and stuff. They didn't have that there. You had to buy everything separate, and you had to just make it on your own. Yeah, this is. Great, <laughs> way better than mm-hmm. what I've, what I've, what have originally done, mm-hmm. um, and I you know I the uh, the authenticity of it mm-hmm. it's uh you know I thought it was a just a good experience yeah. I mean they they definitely took a page from the REI opt outside mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. of uh, marketing because um, any grocery store you tell them okay we're probably gonna just remove about sixty five percent of our inventory for the day yeah. they would look at you like you're crazy mm-hmm. um, so I mean it, it, you're you're right it was definitely a bold move but going back to the idea of like the the El Paso taco kids because I still subscribe to those and I apologize to all my brown friends (laughs) Um, but I think that kind of move worked for the time Um, I think as time goes on and more grocery stores and brands kind of commoditize that the the ethnic cuisine the authentic ethnic cuisines that we know like you you see it already it's like like pre-made sauce packets pre-made full-fledged dinners that are pre-made that that kind of hail from different cuisines from around the world i think the more those are commoditized and have like a big name brand slapped on them Mm -hmm. the efficacy of something like what that supermarket in germany did isn't going to have the same impact right yeah the timing of it was obviously um with like purpose with Mm -hmm. reasoning um but i like reading what people were talking about on twitter too like i feel like it maybe gets them to think more so about their own neighbors like in their real human life not just on the um food on the shelf so if you are going to go into the store to make um 
like an ethnic dish curry or stir fry or whatever it might be, uh, and you can't because they took it away. Um, I don't know, maybe it gets you to think about people that are being excluded in real life based on um, their ethnicities. And so um, something from the article and kind of from this this uh, grocery store was, um, in our stores we sell numerous food which are prepared um, in different regions of Germany but only together with products from other countries. Is it possible to create the unique variety that our customers value? Yeah, and I get it. I totally get it. I get yeah. that whole bleeding heart, like, you know, without young Sanjay from, from India <laughs> and his family doing this, you'd never have none. Or, mm-hmm. and, and I get I get it. I totally get it. But, again, it goes back to the idea of taking those taking the, 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 the cuisines from those cultures and commoditizing them and then putting a brand on there that people mm-hmm. recognize. Like, where, again, where do you draw the line? Like, where... And that, and even that's a whole nother episode that, that we can talk about, like food ways and food culture and how, you know, where, where does the ownership begin and end when it comes to certain ethnic cuisines and, and how brands can should or should not companies should and should not, you know, profit off of that. Um, so I don't know. See, you, you open up all these new <laughs> episodes that we could totally talk about. But yeah, we'll definitely discuss that in the future. And yeah, that's yeah for sure. But yeah, as far as this supermarket, the timing was perfect. It was impeccable. But I don't see something similar to that happening again and having the same impact by no means. No, I don't think it would have the same impact if it happened in the United States. Too, Ooh, I don't think. You're talking spicy. Mm-hmm. No, you're talking spicy now. Okay. All right. All right, well, we'll catch up to Germany one day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I think that wraps up our topics uh, for today. Um, did you want to do the Take It or Leave It? I'm going to do Take It or Leave It. Do you guys it? have you time for Take It or Leave It? Of course. All right, Let's cool. Do it. Well, this is my favorite section of the show. Um, for those who are just listening for the first time, uh, Take It or Leave It is basically like a round-robin, rapid-fire, kind of point-counterpoint, throw out a couple of things but it can be anything under the sun regarding marketing and advertising um trends current ads past ads issues stories what have you and then we just go around and kind of give like a it's almost like a word association uh kind of give like a knee-jerk reaction to what you think it would be in the form of taking it or leaving it all right sound good Mm -hmm. cool all right first topic (laughs) (laughs) i guess we're gonna rehash this real quick but um vr grocery shopping but more so to the idea of robots doing the grocery shopping for you so so would that be using a vr headset to kind of guide the robot to Um, do the things that you need in the grocery store it could be but it could also be like talking like maybe like programming a robot saying like this is what i'm into go do my grocery shopping Ooh. for me i don't know you could yeah. if you were like making do banana my bread <laughs> <laughs> if you were making banana bread and you wanted some like some of the like more brown bananas like you would tell the robot like do you trust the robot to go and get your brown bananas I'm down. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> I trust him. She's only, yeah. He's I'm leaving it. It creeps me out. Oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to have to be a leave for me. Just the idea of like being in my kitchen being, Alexa, uh, <laughs> give me some sugar. And then some some booster rockets come out of Alexa and she just flies out of my window. 3D printing comes out. No, oh, my God. No. Nope. Nope. No, maybe the next generation can can have that. So yeah, that's a leave it for me. I take it if robots doing grocery shopping is a symbolic phrase, meaning that like the Amazon employee does it, <laughs> and I'm not actually living in Terminator 
this eighth sequel. Oh man, so that, that's just what what Amazon would call their yes. their personal shoppers. Yes. Oh yeah, our, your robot is getting <laughs> it for you. Air quotes. Um, so yeah, okay, cool. Uh, next topic: almond milk in the cereal aisle. Uh, you guys go first. I <laughs> I have a whole tirade on this, but okay. y'all go ahead. Well, I guess the reason I put that on there is so y- you can get almond milk in the cereal aisle, or you can get it refrigerated next to cow's milk or mm. other types of dairy. And so the advertising advertising side behind it is almond milk doesn't need to be refrigerated. So, um, but it's placed next to other milk so that people pass it and it kind of has like a higher stance on it. So. I typically always buy it uh, in the refrigerated section, but I'm not opposed to it. I, I'm i just not a big fan of almond milk. <laughs> um, I guess it, I like to eat a lot of cereal, and it, for, for me it doesn't get as cold as mm. regular milk, So, um, but I, I get it if it's in the cereal aisle. I mean, it, it makes sense, but I'm gonna have to leave that one. Yeah, I just drink normal cow <laughs> milk um, I don't think I've ever purchased almond milk in my life, so. I, but I guess objectively, it's a good, it's a great plug for almond milk for it to just be next to the product yeah. that they're gonna put it in. So if I was an advocate for almond milk, 100% take it. But as a neutral party, <laughs> props to almond milk for having a very marketable, pro- marketable product in that regard. <laughs> Nuts don't make milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Next topic. So next topic. Um, ooh, this is actually pretty interesting. Um, sip and stroll. So the idea of placing bars mm-hmm. into grocery stores, mm-hmm. and I feel like this may have been done is, or like piloted, piloted places. Yeah. Okay. In there's a grocery store right next to UCF <laughs> that is. Hey, know your uh, audience. Lucky's Market. Yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah Lucky's Market. Um, it's really Whole Foods vibey. Lucky's Market. It's very similar. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Okay. Lucky's is a really cool cool grocery store to begin with but they have like a whole like right when you enter there's like a bar you can get really um like you can get wine you can have beers on taps and all their grocery carts have like a cup holder in for it <laughs> so you'll see like moms with kids and they're just like drinking their wine doing their grocery shopping and my roommates will say yo ship sip and stroll tonight um so i mean i take it for sure um i don't know of any other places that are doing this right now um but i'm sure that that will catch on probably mm. two whole foods with this well i know large. like total wine you can get mm-hmm. beer or whatever there while you shop for your alcohol um, <laughs> double it, down it, it, yeah i mean it, it makes sense to me i'm taking it i love it wow um i don't know i they tell you not to it's not good to go grocery shopping when you're hungry so I can yeah. I can only imagine what it's like being hungry and under the influence like I feel like you that, that opens up a lot of room for making very bad <laughs> yeah. financial de- yeah exactly um, I don't know I mean I'll take it yeah it's enjoyable I can do a pint while I'm <laughs> looking for a couple some produce so yeah I'll take it uh, with the asterisk that I'm the uh, <laughs> underage person in the room, I think this is stupid. <laughs> Here's why. I think that, I think, like, with the roommates, like, hanging out, so just a grocery shop for the week, I think that's awesome. But for 99% of people, grocery shopping is an in-and-out kind of deal, hence mm-hmm. why Amazon is pushing the in-and-out concept. Mm-hmm. With the caveat, with the exceptions of... If you're, I don't know, like if Ikea had a bar where you already like eat there and Ikea is like, you're already decimating your Fitbit by walking around for hours (laughs) and Ikea, Mm -hmm. you're going to be there for half a day. 
or I know so I'm from I'm from the Midwest in Cincinnati there's one of the biggest grocery stores in the world it's six acres they have tours of the whole thing and they have they're famous for having a super extensive beer and wine thing and they okay. have a bar inside because you also spend half a day there and their huge <laughs> bar and or beer and wine uh, stock is mm-hmm. part of their identity okay that makes sense to me I think Sip and Stroll, as it's marketed to grocery store users, which is they're probably there for an hour at the most, and you're, I don't know, at best, I think I think it's dumb. At worst, I think it's a little dangerous, already <laughs> perpetuating the idea of just have a glass of wine and you can drive home and it'll be fine. And oh, I don't know. I, um, caveat that I can't drink, but I think it's stupid. This isn't for me, but I think it's dumb. <laughs> Well, that, 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 that. We will strip and stroll. You can DD. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been an episode filled with controversy and (laughs) consumerism, and I love it. Um, Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Kelsey, for coming in and and taking the time to wax poetic on all things advertising when regards to Amazon and their total world domination and uh, all the way down to uh, sip and strolls. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be back. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Provoke. I want to thank Vince, Sam, and Kelsey for coming into the studio today. Um, If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, as always, send them to Provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. And be sure to follow Evoke on Twitter, at EvokeAd, and on Facebook, at Evoke Advertising, to keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as today's quote, uh, Steve Jobs said it best when he said, Technology is nothing. What's important is that you have a faith in people. They're basically good and smart, and if you give them tools, they'll do wonderful things with them. Y'all take care.